Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and where the studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Hello and welcome back to Cricket by Dummies, your weekly cricket show where instead of talking about cricket, cricket, we mostly just make bad jokes. With me as always... Chuck. Yeah, and you're spot on there. We just make really bad jokes, but they're not actually bad enough that you can laugh at how bad they are. They're just, like, bad. Would you say that our jokes are almost as bad as Super 6's cricket? No. Super 6's cricket is the future. No, I'm not actually going to try and sell that, but Super 6 cricket, there was the World Cup recently in Hong Kong, and... Alex, how much do you know about Super Sixes? Absolutely nothing. And would you consider yourself a good cricket fan? Yes, I would. Actually. I wouldn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, the Super Sixes, for those who don't know, is six aside. I know, right? Mind-blowing. No, but they actually only do five overs, which is actually confusing. It actually tripped me up. But essentially, what happens is it's six v six, and it's five overs. So every fielder, every non-keeper... Bowls and over. So literally, you have to be able to do everything, right? Right. So there's no point going in with like a Ricky Ponting or something who's going to come in and go for 35 off his over. Oh, I mean, 35 off your f- over isn't bad because think of it, you have four fielders. It, it oh, is actually. Wow, really? Yeah, because it's six aside. So you have your bowler, you have the keeper, and you have four fielders. Oh, that's going to get ugly. I mean, the fitness is going to have to be up high. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to lounge and slip all day, <laughs> are you? <laughs> so when they're talking about bowling to your field, what they're basically saying is try and get the ball to the wicket keeper. Yes. Like Ben Lachlan in one of the games got six off his over. That's, that's beyond, incredible. That's like a maiden, essentially. Because when you think about it, if you just get bat on ball, there's two. Yeah, there's two it's, everywhere. But it, you have to be super fit, like yeah. legitimately. You can't just be like, no, nah, we're just taking the single. But it's great. So it's five overs, right? And in the final, which was between Pakistan and South Africa, of five overs, the Pakistanis put up 123. Whoa, that's a big total. It, it's like a big total. It's not like a huge total in yeah. the constant context of um, Super Sixes, and uh, South Africa got it on the last ball with a boundary. Think about it, though. If it's like you're coming into bowl and they need 30 off the last over, you're worried as the bowler. You're like, they could very easily do this. What do you do in that situation? Do you, like, try and stack one side and I, put no one on the I other don't side? actually know the tactics of it. Like, I maybe you can't put everyone on one side of the field. I'm sure there's some fielding restrictions. But it's, it's super cool, and I feel like it'd be entertaining to watch, but I've never seen it broadcast in Australia. Oh, I wonder why. It sounds dumb. No, it's it's the most pure form of cricket, oh, Alex. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. It's like, it goes test cricket, then super sixes. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. It, it just evolved naturally from one to the other. Did you know that Don Bradman actually grew up wanting to play super sixes? Yes. I. Oh, well, no, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Fact for you. Dennis Lilly was a super sixes expert. He actually went from super sixes into test cricket. I think you're just mocking my favourite form of cricket <laughs> for today, at least. No, it's not actually my favourite, but it's... It's pretty cool. I like it. And it's an interesting way to open the show now as we move on to our news. What happened? Oh, actually, no, before we do news, we haven't actually teed up the show. What are we doing today? So We're so unprofessional. We are so unprofessional. <laughs> In this week's show, we have all of the news from around world cricket, including the conclusion of Bangladesh's much-famed series <laughs> South Africa. I'm sure they love the conclusion. Uh, the <laughs> Indian-New Zealand series has continued. We also have the first round of Sheffield Shield. That was a pretty interesting start. Yep. 
uh, as well. We got to interview during the week the very awesome and we are very grateful to Megan Schutz. Thank you so much to her. You had the pleasure of sitting down with her. What was it like? Yeah, she was great. Well, I didn't sit down with her as a phone. I know. You sat down and you were on with the phone with her as she was probably also sitting down. So technically I sat down with her. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, it was a pleasure sitting down with her then. No, it it was great to talk to her. She was a bundle of joy and I hope you guys all enjoy what we've got for you. We are now game three into the women's ashes. Uh, Australia lead 2-1, so since we've been on air, Australia's 1-1 and England's 1-1, so it'll be good to talk about them. Yep. No, uh, there's been two games. There was We missed. We got one game last yeah, week. that's what I said. Oh, never mind. Yep. I listen. Like I said, if you want a professional show, just like do oh, what sorry. we don't, <laughs> and you'll be pretty right. Um, we'll have another story time this week, and we'll be talking about some of our best catching moments in uh, the field. I haven't taken many of them. It's not about me. Mine's not about me. I just mine, don't take mine catches. Is about me. It's it's a very epic moment and one I'm sure you'll enjoy. I am looking forward to this. And then an end segment about cricket in other countries. Ooh. It's gonna be exciting stuff. But first, it's time for the news. Was I meant to do a sound effect with that? Usually yeah. you do, but like I think it's better for the, everyone if you don't. Yeah. You know what a good show would do? They'd yeah. like plan ahead what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting concept actually planning a show. I know, I've never heard of it. What's it like? I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> I think that's why I'm your co-host. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, South Africa has finished off their series with Bangladesh and it went out exactly as it started, didn't it? <laughs> yes, the T20 series just ended 2-0, so Bangladesh officially didn't win a game on tour, not even against the South Africa President's not Eleven. Not the warm-up match. <laughs> no. In their defence, though, in the first game, they actually looked like they might be in a chance of winning and it confused South Africa for a bit. They actually had to play five minutes of good cricket at some point because um, Bangladesh looked like they were going to charge down um, South Africa's score of 195, which is a pretty good score. But no, they fell short there. And then game two was like, was if like you wanted... all over again. It, yeah, if you wanted to wrap the series up, this is how you'd do it. You would have Miller come in and score the quickest century in world cricket by <laughs> 10 deliveries. In, 10. In T20. In, in T20 internationals. Yeah. Still, 10 deliveries. Smashed the record. Absolutely smashed it. It was quite funny, though, because in the 17th over, Hashim Amla was in, right, and then he went out. Um, he was on 85. So the Bangladesh people were probably like, we're worried about him getting a century. Don't don't let him get a century. That would be insulting. Miller at the other end was on 42. <laughs> in the last... In the 17th over? Yes. Wow. Was on 42. Score... Uh, <laughs> Got his century in the last over, so he he essentially got sixty runs in three overs. It's insane stuff. He it's finished. Yeah, he took one of the bowlers for thirty-one runs. Ouch. Anyway, uh, Pakistan have finished their series with Sri Lanka in what was an absolute whitewash since the tests. It was a pretty good test series, pretty close in in the t- in the teams, and then the ODI started and Sri Lanka went to bits. Yeah, the white ball just destroyed Sri Lanka. They didn't bat very well. We've made a point of this all season on here that Sri Lanka's batting's not being good, and it showed because they scored 102 in the first T20, and then they scored 124 in the second T20, which was nearly enough in their defence. It was The second game was like actually a good game of cricket. Um, Pakistan barely chased it down. It actually got down to the second-last delivery, um, which is... 
good cricket, I guess. And no, Sri Lanka ended their innings losing seven for 13, though. <laughs> they had such... That's, that's convincing. That's how you know they're in control. <laughs> well, they were in such a good position, then they lose seven for 13. What can you do? Sounds like my under-12 sides of the past gone by. But the problem with those two games was Sri Lanka batted first. So obviously they're not setting much for Pakistan to chase, right? Okay. But in the third game, welcome relief to all those out there that love high-scoring games. Pakistan batted first, and they made 180-odd, I believe, which... <laughs> which is better. Yeah, which is actually a yeah. good score. It's nice to see some runs occasionally. Yeah. And uh, Sri Lanka just faltered is a good way of putting it. I think a good term for them is wobbling, because they just... Or, or just like you, because they can't bat, <laughs> no, they can't can, bowl, they cannot bat, can't um, field... Mohamed Amir took 4 for 13 in the final game to roll through that really average Sri Lankan top order that we have uh, maligned so much through the show. So throughout the entire series, Sri Lanka took the first two three tests 2-1, then lost the five ODIs in a row and the th three T20s to lose eight matches in a row. Yes, Sri Lanka's lost 16 white ball games in a row now. 16. Crazy! That is like Afghanistan bad numbers. And well, not like the war zone Afghanistan, the cricket team <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> Thanks for making that clarification, Alex. No, it's, it's terrible for a Sri Lankan cricket, which was so good for so long and then Sangakara and Jai Warden are going. Tired and suddenly it got a lot worse. Uh, Zimbabwe is playing West Indies in that test series that everyone is excited about. Woo! Yeah, we're very, very excited about it. Like, you got two powerhouses in world cricket right here, Alex. Yeah. Like, there is so much hope for both of these sides. We're never going to get sick of making that pun, are we? No, uh, so this test series at the moment is 1-0 uh, to the West Indies, and I believe the second test may be live as we speak. Yes, it is. Zim Zimbabwe is currently 296 for 7. I was ready this week. That's good. I wasn't, I, I wasn't so ready last week, so Zimbabwe is putting up a better total this week than they did last, which, to be honest, isn't difficult because no. they weren't putting up good totals last week. I don't know. I have zero interest in this series. Let's move on. Next one. Um, the India-New Zealand ODI series. Very uh, short ODI series. Yes, it was only three matches, which is devastating. I'm actually, like, upset about this. I'm not even feigning it. Like, this was a great three-match series. You look at all the teams that go to India and they play, like, four, five-match series, and they just give up. Like, you had a look at that Australian team. They weren't trying. They won, like, one match the whole series they were there. Whereas New Zealand won the first one. Um... They, I believe, chased down India's total in the first game. Yeah. Uh, we did that last week. And then the second game, they didn't go so good. India chased them down. And the third game literally came down to the last over. Absolute cracker of a match as well. Both teams making excellent totals. Yeah, Sharma and Kohli got 147-113 for India to set them up at 337, which is a really good total. And then, you know what Colin Munro does? He decides that he's going to block it out. Yeah, no. <laughs> Go out there, play some defensive shots, and if you're there at the 30th over, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so he, for the first ball he faces, he walks down the pitch and heaves it over the leg side for six. <laughs> Classy as always. Yeah, and this is like in the first over, and then he clunks the next three for four, and suddenly he's 18 off four to begin his innings. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, that's like Brendan McCullum-esque, really. Yeah. It's, uh, that's... New Zealand for you. They play entertaining cricket and they nearly ended up getting the chase. They just fell a few runs short, six runs short, in fact, and it came down right to the very last over. But that's the ODI series over. Three games, 2 1, 
very close and that's it. I don't feel like we've gotten really the best out of this series. Is it could have been a really interesting series if New Zealand had upset them in the fourth game. Could have been a great fifth match, but suddenly it's over and they're going to the T20s. Yeah. And Not a fan of this short series. Um, our no, neither. Our final thing in news this week is the beginning of the Sheffield Shield. I'm very excited about this. I always love when the Sheffield Shield returns, aren't you? Uh, not as much as you. Like, it's not bad. It's a bit of a lull at times. Like, the batting at the moment is just deplorable. Uh, there was some terrible totals across the week. Uh, all three games, all six sides played, um, have all happened this week. The most interesting thing for me was the South Australia-New South Wales game. I don't know if anyone kept up with this. South Australia made 92 in the first innings, rolled through. This is a New South Wales bowling attack filled with Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon, three of Australia's best wicket takers, and who got all the wickets? Trent Copeland. <laughs> Did you remember him? Yeah, he plays for them. D does, he, does he still play domestic cricket? Yes, he does. He, does. he actually got uh, picked in the side ahead of big Dougie Bollinger. And uh, he got he got four far in the first innings. Most of the top order as well. Did very well. And um, second innings, South Australia's batting, and you're thinking, they got to none for 135 odd, and you think, oh, they could actually get something out of this game. New South Wales had only made 242. A lot of the test hopefuls had flopped. Thinking maybe, and then Mitchell Stark's second spell began. Yes. <laughs> and everything changed. Everything changed. He got eight wickets. He went wicketless in his first spell, then rolled through the South Australian um, batting lineup. So after the top three batsmen made 64, 71, 36, the next highest score by a batsman was seven. Woo! Seven. That's, that's talent that's, right that's there. How that's how strong the, uh, the rollover was in New South Wales. Again, unconvincingly managed to chase it down in the end. A couple of the, um, the interesting ones is Nick Maddinson didn't make many runs. Um, so that was very debatable about Ed Cowan and him and who should get the spot. That was some interesting stuff. But in the other games, Usman Khawaja, who will be playing in the Test Series against England. Will be. I'm, I'm very confident of it. I think you'll be seeing him in Australia colours. Um, he had a very solid century against Victoria. Was the only batsman, I believe, to clear 45, I'm oh. pretty sure. No, yeah, I think so, 47, actually. 47. 47. Was the next high score by a batsman, and here's 142 in the second innings. 122 in the second innings was the high score of the batsman by a mile. Another very low-scoring games where the two of the innings, the sides failed to clear 200. So it's been very much a bowler's paradise in Sheffield Shield. And in the other game, we'll just talk about quickly, uh, WA, again, looking pretty good as they... Uh, kept calm and rolled Tasmania in the second innings for 63. 63. That, that is correct. You did actually hear us correctly there. Yeah. And you know Bo Webster made 33 of those. So the <laughs> other 10 batsmen contribute and extras contributed 30. There were three different ducks in the lineup, and again, the second highest score on the side was six. <laughs> um, the best part about this for me, though, was that West Australia actually looked like they were in a lot of trouble at one point. Uh, they sat seven for 145, and... It was like, oh, they might not make all the runs here. And then who went out to bat? Two of the best batsmen in WA. Sean Marsh, Mitch Marsh, Ashton Turner, Marcus Joyce. No, it was, um, it was Nathan Coulter-Niles. <laughs> and Jai Richardson, he just played four Sheffield Shield games. Coulter-Niles hit 52 and Jai Richardson hit 71 as they decided to take control of the game. It was a weird game. Uh, it's been a weird weekend where the bowlers were in control. They made a lot of the runs. They took almost all of the wickets, as they normally do bowlers. Um, but yeah, good start to Sheffordshire week one, and I'm very excited. Yeah, the state of Australian cricket is in uh, good hands with the batsmen, at least, isn't it? Yes. There was one century all weekend. That was just Usman Khawaja. I don't really? That was the only I century. don't think anyone else made a century. There was a few right. 80s, maybe not even another 90. Like, 
what a disappointing week. And now we hang it to face Stuart Broad and James Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> They're so much worse, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> this is going to go great, guys. Ashes is going to go great. Get excited. All right, we're going to be back with our interview with Megan Shoot after this, which is Fans Joy, the Fire and the Flood. And now we are going to go to our interview with Megan Shute, who I, as we said earlier, had the pleasure of interviewing. She was really good fun. And she's been killing it in the um, women's games. If you all haven't been watching, she's been getting many, many wickets. Uh, great player. Glad to have her in to talk to her. And here she is. So today I've got Megan Shute with me. She plays in the Australian women's team. Uh, she actually played yesterday as well. Uh, very privileged to have her today. So I'm just going to start with our uh, age-old question. What made you fall in love with cricket? <laughs> um, good question. I guess, um, you know, I played it from a very young age. But, um, you know, I met some really good friends and formed some bonds there that, you know, I've had for the last 12, 13 years of my life. So I guess the people kept me in cricket. And, you know, the more I played it, the more I realised how awesome the game was. Yeah, I know the social factor was a big thing for me when you're younger because um, it's always good playing with your friends on the field, a bit of banter, a bit of uh, silly yeah. sayings. Um, big swing, no ding being my favourite. I don't know if you've got a favourite. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm a bit more personal banter than that, so, yeah, I'll keep it off the, the kids' station. <laughs> yes, that'll be a good idea. Now, you uh, played yesterday, as I said before, and you got four for 26, so congratulations to you. Uh, Thank you. Brilliant performance. Would you say, though, that that was one of the better team performances that you guys have had? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the game that we've been waiting to play for a while now. You know, we kind of searched for that in, in the World Cup uh, this year and, and didn't really get that sort of post a big turtle like we did. And that really just put the pressure on, you know, the English there from the start. And to come out, you know, that gave us the confidence to bowl that we were the way that, you know, we can. So, you know, for them to just come out like that and, and set such a good score, it, it leaves you know, an easier job for us bowlers to get, jumped, get done. Yeah, you had four batsmen get half centuries and then all bowlers apart from Elise Perry, which has an asterisk next to it, obviously, uh, get a wicket. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. And to be honest, like, that's, that's the exact kind of team performance you want every game. And obviously that can't happen every game. You know, it's hard to get that. But to get that at such you know, a crucial time and to get this technically series win in the ODIs was awesome. Yeah, what's the feeling in the camp at the moment? You're two out of two. Uh, Pretty close in game one, but much more comfortable yesterday. Yeah, we're feeling really good. You know, we've um, we had a lot of preparation coming into this, and you know, I've done a lot of planning, and it's nice to see that that's coming off in the game. <laughs> Obviously, that first one was a little more nerve-wracking than yes. um, you would have liked it to be, but it's nice to be on the winning side of those situations, and I think that really just strengthens the camp. And you know, we're in good spots, and we know that you know all the pressures on England. Well, at the start of the series, Alyssa Healy said she's planning on bringing the bitch back for the Ashes. Is that just because she's not a very nice person? <laughs> no, that's the opposite. The officer, she's an absolute, you know, Labrador. She loves people loving her and just a bit of white line fever, much like, much like Catherine Brunt on the English team, you know, off the field she's lovely, but on the field you don't like to be on the opposing side to her. Yeah. Um, and also, so about you, you actually bowled the first ball of the Ashes. Were you worried you were going to do a Steve Harmison? I'm always worried when I've got the first ball of any game, let alone an Ashes series. You know, I, in my head, I'm, I'm like, just get this one on the pitch and I'm going to be okay. I just don't want to ever start with a wide because it just sets a bad tone. So, yeah, I was very focused that first ball. And once I get that one out of the way, all the nerves, you know, rush away and I'm ready to do my job. Yeah, it gets much easier after the first ball. I know uh, even when I'm doing live radio, just like the first show is always very nerve-wracking or the first minute. Is very nerve wracking, but once you get 
yeah, <laughs> once you get through it, it gets pretty good. Uh, this Australian team has been criticised for a lack of fast bowling in the past. Uh, and in the first game, actually, most of the wickets were taken by spin bowlers. Is the future of the game in spin bowling, you think? Uh, it's a tough one to say, to be honest. You know, it's, it's tough for pace bowlers these days when, you know, most pitches that are produced are produced for batters. And to be given, you know, some kookaburra balls that have no seams and don't swing, I don't know, you know, unless, you know, for me, I'm pretty lucky that I consider myself a medium pacer, so I'm a bit harder to score off. But I, have a, I like to consider that I have a few tricks in the bag with lots of different kind of variations and stuff. So uh, if you don't have them, it is tough to be a pace bowler, I think, on today's wickets. And, you know, it's easier for spinners in that sense where the ball's not coming on as quick and the batter's got to generate their own power. So I don't think the future's in spin. You know, if you've got general um, out-and-out pace bowlers that can scare the crap out of them, you know, you yeah. probably want them on your team too. But, yeah, I guess that in that sense, you know, spinners are taking more wickets these days. Well, would you say that the test format suits the fast bowlers a bit more? You guys obviously don't get to play many tests, but you got six for 41 in your last test. Would you say yeah. that it suits you? Yeah, I think so. Um, for me, I like to be kind of as nagging as possible. So um, a test match is a good opportunity for me to, um, you know, just hit those hard lengths and try and get the batter to, you know, play an incorrect shot. So that's kind of what cricket's all about, I guess, is, you know, just doing what you can for as long as you can and waiting for the other people to crack first and test is a perfect example of that. Yep. Now, the opening match of the Ashes was a sellout as well. That was good to see. Yeah, brilliant. First time, you know, we've ever ticketed matches here in Australia and to have a sellout was just awesome and really shows the direction the game is going and, you know, it was a beautiful atmosphere and to have a crowd cheering you on, there's no doubt that that, you know, helped us win that game and have so many kids and families out there is just is just awesome. Yeah, well, you said that you've. Um, it's good to see that the game's grown. I was going to ask you about that. So you've been around the Australian team for about five years now. How have you seen the just women's cricket in general? How have you seen it change over the last few years from like crowd attendances to even like professionalism of the game and the quality, just everything about women's cricket. Yeah, um, obviously in every single aspect, as you just mentioned, it's 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 gained resources I think is, is one thing you know now we have the coaches available and the facilities available to better ourselves and you know being fully professional now we have the time to better ourselves as well you know we can put all that time into training and, and becoming a better player so that's only equaling the better cricket and obviously the men have had the advantage of been doing this for you know the last hundred years so <laughs> not quite professional but you know um, having that support there so yeah for us to be getting um that kind of push is, is, is awesome and it's creating a really good game to cricket and a good spectacle only brings more crowds. Yeah, well, it's good that the women's team's actually winning because the men's team's not doing too much of that at the moment. So I'm trying to get more te- more people on the women's team at the moment uh, to follow them because <laughs> uh, everyone likes to see someone win. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> at the 2013 Cricket World Cup, you were the top wicket taker. How was that? Because you were very new on the scene then. Yeah, um, to be honest, I think that was probably the reason I finished the leading wicket taker. Um, no one knew who I was and no one knew what I did, so that kind of played in my hands a bit. And at the time, there was really only one other in-swinger, and that was Annie Shrubsole from England. So, um, yeah, the women weren't really used to facing too much in-swing, and I was a little bit slower back then, so I had the ball hooping even more. Um, so, yeah, that was awesome to obviously finish that, but that was kind of... <laughs> you know, had my expectations high for every other two and I think ever since, you know, I've kind of felt like I've let myself down, but 
Yeah, hard way, hard way down from there. Yeah, so it was all downhill from there then. You couldn't get any higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can always go higher, obviously, as a player, but what a start that was, and I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't. I went to the World Cup not thinking I was going to play a game, and to yeah, finish as a leading wicket-taker was a dream come true. Now, you had to change your bowling technique quite a few years back to avoid all the stress fracture injuries you were getting. How did you go about that? Because I know I'd find that very difficult. Um, it was tough. So I used to be an outswinger um, back in the day. But to be honest, I had an infraction. It was way too much of a jump and all that jazz, and it just looked weird. So um, I don't even remember how, really. It's um, just one day they said, you need to change or you're not going to be able to continue in cricket. And, and I did, and somehow that changed my wrist position and that made me become an inswinger, and um, I'm glad it did. Yeah, that's quite remarkable that you change from inswing to outswing. Like, I know I had to change my... Um, bowling technique quite a few years back because I was actually hop stepping into the crease which was an interesting way of going about oh, bowling the ball yeah, um, but I, I still in swing the ball yeah I wasn't the quickest bowler back then <laughs> I don't know, my, that's okay no so um your bat well let's focus on your batting your batting average is a highly impressive 5.3 uh which is still better than mine so can you give me any general advice on batting <laughs> Uh, the only thing I ever say is play straight, and often I go against my own advice. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, had too many innings for Australia, and you know, often my role is to come out and try and score as quickly as I can. And um, normally, if I'm in, you know, things are keep the fan, so um, I'm trying to just pretty much as many runs as I can. I, I generally bat a little bit higher for my um, state team, and have had to save the day a few times there. But it's kind of a miracle when that happens, to be honest. But I like batting and. You know, my average doesn't suggest that I'm much of a batter, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you play straight and are determined not to get out, you know, it's, um, it's hard to get someone out. Yeah, I've been told that many times and that still hasn't fixed it, so maybe it's something to do with my talent rather than... <laughs> um, Could just be hand-on, you never know. <laughs> you need to never know, I guess. Thank you, Megan Shoot, for part one there. We will have more coming up later. And now we're going to move on to the Women's Ashes, which seems appropriate given that we just interviewed Megan Shoot. Who is a star in this match. Yes, she's been in both matches. She's been fantastic this series. She's taken 10 wickets in the three games. But to focus on the games as a whole, there's been two games since we last talked, both ODIs. Uh, Australia won the first one in, as I described just there, one of the best team performances this Australian women's team's probably had in a while. I'm not going to repeat all I said. I'm just going to assume people listen to the interview. But if they <laughs> cut, if they stop listening for those 10 minutes, I don't blame them. No, it was a long interview and you're very boring. She's very interesting, but you're very boring. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, Gunn had a good match here as well, 4 for 55. Alex, you're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just enjoying making fun of you. It's quite an enjoyable experience. Uh, England tried to chase the total down, but they just lost wickets far too regularly. Uh, Catherine Brunt put up a really good effort, but uh, couldn't draw them across the line. In the end, it was the Australian top order that made the real difference. I mean, the top four all making... Sorry, three of the top five all making big runs. Bolton, 66. Healy, 56. Perry, 67. And Rachel Haynes coming in at the end, the skipper, who's had a lot of criticism. Um, we talked about some of the people doubt whether or not she deserves a spot on the side, let alone captaining it. She came in to make 89 or 56 at the end, a very impressive performance and won a statement for those that doubt her. Yes, and the third game... England won. That's not how the script's meant to work. <laughs> Actually, it's following my script of what's going to happen perfectly. Is it? If Australia win this test, then uh, look out. 
Okay. There's going to be a lot of me bragging on the show, more so than normal. More so than normal. <laughs> Jeez, well, watch out. If you want to listen out or tune out, now would be about the time. <laughs> Save yourself a lot of uh, ear damage. No, it was it was unusual to see the Australians struggle so much with the bat. Um, they were actually off to a good start as well. They had uh, Healy and Bolton got 71 and 62, oh. and we were at two for 172, but just fell apart from there. Uh, Gun. One of the biggest talking matches from this match, one of the biggest talking points from this match, was Gun, and she, she's a quick bowler. I feel that's very yeah. Appropriate so she bowls about hundred k's. Yeah. Her, her normal deliveries. And then at the end, she started throwing down sixty-seven k <laughs> deliveries. <laughs> to put that in perspective, I think I can bowl that fast. I can definitely bowl that, that fast. So if her slower ball is effective, my quicker ball can technically be effective, <laughs> or quickest ball. So wait, what you're saying is that the England cricket team should recruit you? to come play for them just to dismiss the Australians? Because it's too slow that they can't actually hit the ball? Just bowl in, like, the last 10 overs. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm good at the death. I'm a out-and-out wicket-taker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you. Um, yeah, a pretty strong performance from the English. Credit to them is they struggled a lot in the, first, uh, in the second game in particular, but across the first two games. And they came back and they batted really well. Um, we saw a really good batting performance from Sarah Taylor, and uh, Heather Knight made a very impressive 88 not out at the end. Yeah, good captain's knock. There. Definitely. It was a really strong performance. And for a series that looks like this, the life might just be bleeding out of it, it was a nice big shock just to go wham, we're back in and it's still on. It's still going to be a competitive Ashes. Yeah, and the test is worth four points. So if they win this test, they're up 6-4. Yeah, and suddenly they're in front. Yeah, suddenly they become favourites to win the series. No, both games were good. It's been a good series so far. It I has. Have to say. I'm really looking forward to the test as well. It's a day-night test, which is always interesting. Get the pink ball out. Yeah, it will be great. Um, now, this game was in Coffs Harbour. Both games this week were in Coffs Harbour this week. And I found out some very special information about Coffs Harbour during the week. And I wanted to test you on it. So I'm going to run you through a list. And you're going to do as best you can to answer the questions I set you. So you may not know very much about Coffs Harbour, but it is the 26th highest town for population in Australia. 26th highest, and they got to host two international ODI matches. Now, as you can imagine, there are a lot of towns that are a lot higher on that list. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name the towns, but I just don't think you're going to know, let alone everyone else, is going to know where any of these towns are. So let's start out with, do you know anywhere where Coffs Harbour is? Yeah, I know where Coffs Harbour okay, is. Okay, wh- where, where's big, Coffs Harbour? It's the Big Banana. It's up on the New South Wales, northern New South Wales coast. It's a little bit south of that, but that's not a bad effort. I'll give you the credit. You've done okay, right? So I'm going to list some of the towns that are more have a higher population than Coffs Harbour, <laughs> could have hosted an international match because Coffs Harbour got two, right? And you're going to try and tell me if you know, if you've, A, you've heard of these towns, and B, if you can name what state they're in. Oh, wow. This okay, is going to be a challenge for you. I'm, I'm see really how you looking forward to this. So let's start with a nice, easy one. Have you ever heard of Bundaberg? Yeah, that's in Queensland. Yay, well done. Whereabouts in Queensland? Uh, it's northern. It's like in the middle of the coast. I mean, like, sure. It's near Brisbane. Oh, okay. That, that's not it's correct. All, it's like north of Brisbane. Is it okay if I just know it because of the rum? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's pretty much the only reason anyone knows it, I think. Yep. Aside from all those people that live there that uh, could have seen an ODI over Coffs Harbour, which got two. That's my point of this whole thing. Anyway, yep. um, other towns, right, included in this, Toowoomba. Have you ever heard of Toowoomba? Yeah, that's on the New South Wales, uh, the Queensland coast. Do you have any idea where on the Queensland coast it is? Just no. Because Queensland coast is a big place. I think it's middle as well. No, nah, it's near Brisbane. Oh. I mean, Brisbane already had a match at the start. 
Yeah, I know. But my point being is that these towns that I've never heard of, honestly, all have bigger populations than Coffs Harbour. Coffs Harbour got two games. Yep. Right, you ready for the next one? Oh, no. This is going to be a good one. Have you ever heard of Bunbury? It's like Sunbury, but even worse. <laughs> like it's spelt the exact same. Bunbury, yes. No, I haven't heard of Bunbury. Bunbury is just outside Perth. Has a <laughs> oh, population no, of I was going to guess Western Australia. It has a right. population of about 80,000, which is more than Coffs Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> this is some great right. You ever heard of Rockhampton? Yes. Oh my god, you do not know, I know Australian yeah, geography. I, I know do nothing. You? So all this is proving is I know nothing about Australian because geography. On on um in hindsight, I actually have been to Bunbury before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it worse than Sunbury? Yes. Wow. Uh, that must be something special though. Yeah, I know. Sorry to all the people from Bunbury up there. I'm sure and there's the people many from of you Sunbury. listening. No, Rockhampton's on the um, Queensland coast as well. Now, that's in the middle. That is in the middle. Well done. I actually wrote down in the middle because I had no idea where it was. <laughs> right, and your final one. Right, now this is a very difficult one. I'm sure you have no chance of getting this. Where is Albury Wodonga? Oh, I know where that is. Uh, that's a trick question because if uh, I say it's it? in Victoria, you're like, no, it's in New South Wales. And uh-huh. I say it's in New South Wales. Aha. Uh-huh. Do you want to know what the actual question is? What? Which one is in Victoria? Which one is in New South Wales, Lachlan? Oh, no. I believe in Victoria and Wodonga's in New South Wales. Are you going to lock that in as your final answer? <laughs> I'm not locking it in constantly. Our I... studio audience is shaking their heads in disappointment because he's got it incorrect. No, I've actually... Oh, no. Albury is in New South Wales, where Donga is in Victoria. You got the final one incorrect. That gives you a grand total of... You actually got four of them. Well done. To all those people out there, trust <laughs> your first judgment. That's 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 the moral of the story. I immediately thought that was the other way around. Ah, oh, that's well. classic stuff. We're going to be back with more um, story time and more from Megan Shute after this, which is Praying by Kesha. That was Kesha Praying. You're listening to Cricket by Dummies here on Sin 90.7 FM here with Alex and Chuck. It's time for some stories, Lachlan Russ. It's time for story time. We're meant to do it in oh, time. Yeah, I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing? It's, it's time, time for story time. time. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no, no. One okay. week we'll get it. One yeah. week we'll get it, definitely. Anyways, no, this week we are going to do just your favourite catching story or catch story. To just, do with catching. Just related to catches, whether it be just a hilarious drop, whether it be a good catch, either all works. Uh, you first this week, Alex. Now, mine is a tragic moment in my cricket history. It is not It is not a happy story. It is not a funny story. It is a tragic story. I feel like most of your stories are tragic stories when they're related to you. It's because my cricketing career has not been particularly successful. Yet you're still here after, what, eight, nine years? It's been a long time, and I am still playing cricket. Anyway, this is a tragic story. So this dates back to... It's only actually a year or two old, this one. Um, still burns deep. I think it was two years old. Um, I was playing first game of the season... We were a bit short on the side, so I was playing. That, that back then we had f- uh, five teams instead of four. Instead of fifths, I was playing fifths regularly. We were a bit short game one, so I got the big call up to the fours. You know, this is my big day. <laughs> In the fours 11, you know, elite level standard. This is um, your time to rise. Yeah. And so we, Bolland first, went out in the field. I was very nervous. I'm thinking, I haven't had a big preseason, as, as you'd expect from... <laughs> As you expect you from someone, have a big preseason. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever had a big cricket preseason once. Um, I think I trained twice before the season this year. <laughs> anyway, so you know, you're not you're not at your full fielding confidence. You're not wanting the ball to come towards you. You just 
anxiously waiting and hoping you can get back to the sheds without getting anywhere near the ball. And so playing fourth 11, the batting standard's better. There's two big batsmen there. They're typical fourth 11 opening batsmen, big, bullish, and no talent. (laughs) (laughs) They love a short ball that they can pull over (laughs) mid-wicket, and that's about it. (laughs) But these two were the reigning premiers from the previous season. They were a bit better, actually. They could drive as well. They had a pull shot and a drive. (laughs) That was it. That's their repertoire. Yes, so to speak. And... um, these two had made 50s each in last year's grand final. They were good batsmen, and we knew from playing them previously they were the only good batsmen. If we got through these two, the rest would fold, and we could roll, <laughs> we could roll them early. As you can imagine, this story's not going to end well. <laughs> yep. Um, so our opening bowlers on, and we managed to dismiss one of the batsmen early. One of the good ones? One of the good ones early. Got him, send him back to the sheds. I'm pretty sure he ran himself out doing something stupid. Oh, so you didn't get No, 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 I was not involved. This is, this is, the, this is still pre, preamble. We're building up. Tension's increasing, right? Yeah. So all we need to do is get rid of this guy, and we're pretty sure we can roll them for a low total, come in, make a big total, and win this game, which would be a big win for us. So all we need to do is get rid of this guy. Now, this opening ball's bowling really well. It's a few balls later. The other batsman's on strike. And I'm fielding in front of square. My usual position in the fourth 11, because <laughs> let's face it, when you're 17 and inside filled with 55-year-olds, they put you anywhere they would have to do running. <laughs> yep. The young, fit guys, that's what you do. So fielding at square leg. Ball comes in. It's a full ball next stump. He flicks it straight to me. Now, it's short. I'm not sure if I'm going to get there. I'm diving forward. And by diving forward, I mean... Lowering myself down (laughs) (laughs) at quick speeds. Like, I'd gone forward. I wasn't diving, but I'd clearly gone forward. And to everyone else, it looks like I have leaned forward, taken the ball, come up and caught the ball, and it looks like we've got him. They start celebrating. The guy starts walking off, and it's like, yes, incredible. We've got them both. Here we go. I turn to the umpire, and I go, mate, didn't carry. (laughs) (laughs) No. The umpire looks at me. He's like, you sure? And I'm like, mate, it didn't carry. It did not carry. And the batsman looks at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> and then my captain looks at me at like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a, I didn't want Adam Gilchrist on my team. <laughs> uh, so the batsman walks back to the crease, goes on, makes 120. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no. It didn't, in, in fairness, what the ball did the not time? carry. He was on about three. Oh, no. <laughs> he made 120. They made, oh, I think, by the time, I think when he got out, they were about two for a hun- uh, 280-ish <laughs> when he got out. The other guy made a big century as well. But the worst moment was, I technically I'd come in as a bowler, I say in quotation marks, because I'm not either. I'm not good enough to be either. No. But as part of my service to the team, I come on as a bowler late in the game. The guy was still batting. It's like 60th over and he's still batting. It was on like 105 or something at the time. And him and his partner for my two overs proceeded to hit me for 30-something runs. Oh, no. That's just, <laughs> just insult to just injury. Literally, I was just bowling half while he just kept hitting me down the ground. <laughs> oh, no. The guy that I could tragic. have had out. Yeah, it's tragic. This is not an optimistic story. Not a lot of laughs. It's a real tragedy. It's like Romeo and Juliet, but worse. Way worse. Way yeah. worse. It's Alex and Catches. <laughs> Kids are going to be studying this in year 12 yep. in many years to come. Yeah. That is actually that has actually made me sad. <laughs> it was it was a genuinely heartbreaking moment. I remember coming off at like the end of the innings and everyone just looking at me like, 
They were they were a little bit angry. They weren't too angry, but they're just looking at me like, why didn't you claim it? Yeah. Just claim it. Just no. say you caught the ball. We don't care whether or not you caught the ball. Just say you caught the ball. Honestly, it's like, the best nope. policy. I'm the kind of guy that walks off after an exit and the ball came to me in the half volley, so I had to say it. Yeah. It's a tragic no, story. I, I'm hoping you've got a lighter one to cheer us all yeah. up. <laughs> well, mine's not about me, so like, even if it is a bit tragic, which it's not really, but even if okay, it was... Okay, so we can laugh at someone else then. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, you know him, so of course. It'll be good fun. Yes. So... I'm playing in under-16s Div 4 because I was never going to play in under-16s Div 1 or 2. That's for far too talented cricketers. Anyways, so I'm fielding at square leg right next to the umpire because that's where that's where I field. Because <laughs> good, only good fielders field in good positions. You're the same as me then. <laughs> yeah. Except I'm not in a team of 50 or 5-year-olds. I'm in a team of 15 and 16-year-olds <laughs> and I'm still, I am still at square leg. Just to, I don't know, fill space. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's really that they couldn't put you anywhere else, could they? <laughs> yeah. They, to be honest, they were kind of hoping I wouldn't turn up that morning. <laughs> they just call one of the just call one of the under-12s up and say, can you come play for us instead? <laughs> yeah. Well, they may as well. I'm sure there's much more talented under-12 fielders out there. I talked last week about how I played with an under-14 in, in the threes. And he out... Played you? He did. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, my friend uh, Jacob, if you're listening out there, uh, was fielding, I believe, at backward point. Um, so right on the other side of the field. So like, you know, he's in a catching area because he's a good fielder. That's where good fielders field. And um, the bowler comes in to bowl, and it's a really high full toss. <laughs> and the and the guy cracks it right, and he puts it to um, Jacob's right. And Jacob does a diving catch, like full stretch, plucks it with both hands, and he gets up and he throws the ball like a hundred meters in the air. And I've got like <laughs> he thinks he's sw- just taken the best catch well, ever. Well, he has taken a very yeah. good catch. Yeah. Except I'm walking next to the square leg umpire, and he's got his arm out for the no ball. <laughs> and half the team's like running in, just like, oh my god, that's one of the best catches I've ever seen. That's a terrible delivery to get a wicket. But I'm just standing there shaking my head. I haven't moved a centimeter. I'm like, oh no. And then Jacob turns around, has a look at the field umpire, and just goes. Oh, no, no, you can't no. be kidding me. No. And it's a, it's one of the better catches I've ever seen. I had a perfect angle of it, and it's full stretch, <laughs> but it's a no ball, and it, so it's a, it's a little tragic. Were you standing... So you were standing to the square leg umpire at the time? Yeah, he, he essentially hit me with his arm <laughs> as he put it out. Did you think it was a no ball? Yes. This is, this is your chance. You can call out that umpire now. No, it moment. was a no ball. Right, I was so you're in the right behind, position. You're standing behind the decision. I'm... Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> if we can't ever be friends again, well, so, so be it. it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a very sad moment because it was an absolute blinder. Luckily, though, later that game, he took one of the, another fantastic catch, so he made up for it. But he did, when he took, took the other fantastic catch, just looked at the umpire and just be like, no, no ball, Go right? on, go on, call that one, <laughs> yeah, I dare you. Yeah. I saw that one bounce. I'm sure it's not a full toss too high. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it bounced twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, so not not as funny as my normal ones, but I, I had a... I had a great laugh when I saw that. Yeah. I, I should have been, like, sad, but I had a great laugh because I knew what was about to happen. Yeah. It all, unhappen- it all unfolded so slowly in front of me. Yep. We have more from Megan Shute right now. In your interview with her, this is Chalk with Megan Shute. <laughs> I say it like it's a song. It's really not. It's just more of an interview. We're going to play it now. Working. This is not working. 
Uh, we're just having a few problems now, but I'm just going to go out of my way to thank Megan Shute again. I don't think we can thank her or any of the other players who um, come out and uh, help us out with interviews enough. They do great work for us and they allow us to... Um, have amazing content for you all. I hope you all enjoy it. We try and make them a bit fun and all that, and here it is. Uh, now, you're known in the team as the Photoshop expert. How did that start? <laughs> um, I just found a funny photo of my team, Nicole Bolton, and um, I was like, oh, that'd be funny if she was riding a bull. And, um, and so I was just like, I wonder if I'll be at a Photoshop, and I started on Snapchat and just editing photos and, and I made it and I was like, that was pretty funny and I was like, but it's too rough and I hated it and I'm <laughs> kind of a perfectionist in a lot of ways so I downloaded um, this photoshopping app and haven't stopped there and I just generally just take the mickey out of everyone in my team, you know, with the photos that come at the end of batches, there's always someone pulling a stupid face or in a funny position and I just try <laughs> and take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, so what's your favourite photoshop? Like, what's the best one you've ever gotten, you reckon? Oh, probably Nicole Bolton riding the ball because that just fits so perfectly. Um, I've also got her in a few positions where she looks like a, in a dead ant position on a trampoline. Actually, Nicole <laughs> Bolton features in a fair few of mine. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all kind of. It's just fun, and when you got a good imagination, it, it makes it even better. Yeah. So, would Nicole Bolton be your favourite target? I guess so because she's always caught in a funny position, and the camera just seems to always capture it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Is there any player that you haven't gotten yet that you're like, I really need to get them? Um, I need to get a good one of Meg Lanning. Uh, she hasn't really given me anything. There was one photo that I just simply chopped out her right arm since she's got a bad shoulder, <laughs> so I thought that was quite amusing. Uh, I'm not sure she did, but no. I found it quite funny. So. Yeah, it's going to be a little hard to get a photo of her if she's not actually on the field. Yeah, yeah, at the moment, but when she makes her come back, I'm just going to maybe even try and push her over or something and get her in a funny position. We'll see how that goes. We'll probably don't push her over too soon. Maybe let her recover a bit from that. Um, speaking of that, how's, left <laughs> how's the team going without um, Meg Lanning in it? It's, is Rachel Haynes doing a good job? Yeah, it's awesome. Rach is um, a, a similar captain to Meg in, in the way she goes about things. And, you know, it, I think it's been a really smooth transition, to be honest. And Rach is a great leader. And to have her around the group has been awesome. That You know, she's led her state for a long time and is someone that I looked up to as well. So, yeah, it's nice to have her here. Yeah, she, well, she had a brilliant uh, captain's knock yesterday. Um, that I'm was a, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that got the mood in the dressing room right up there because it was quite close oh, yeah. up until then. It was just amazing to kind of see her such a, a little girl power hit so well. Like um, I've been on the other side of that in domestic stuff, so it's nice to be uh, in the same stands as her. Speaking of domestic stuff, you were part of the South Af uh, South Australian, not South African, sorry, the South Australian <laughs> bowling attack that got hit for 320 by Bolton and um, Elise Villani. Do you now empathise with everyone else in the world? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that day was one that I've tried to put to the back of my mind, but that was actually a really good game. At the end of it, we chased down, uh, we got to 303, so, you know, we only fell 21 short, and it was a very flat deck on a on a small small oval, so, um, you know, three, 320 on that was really probably a 280 somewhere else, but, um, yeah, at least for Lani, when she's at her best, hitting them everywhere around the park, you, you kind of can't beat her, so you just kind of got to suck it up and, and deal with the boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, she hasn't even been that amazing this series and still Australia's putting up pretty good totals which is a good sign 
Yeah, exactly. She's due for a big one. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully she goes big on Sunday. Now, your cover photo on Twitter features you dabbing. Does this mean you're actually 12 years old? <laughs> I'm 13, thank you. Um, but <laughs> I thought it was a perfect opportunity being in front of the Taj Mahal and we kind of took the mickey a bit. You know, people were paying me out about the dab, so I was like, well, I'm going to put this on my Twitter for the world to see. So, yeah, I've kept it there for this exact reason. Yes, and you've also said on Twitter that you love Vegemite chocolate. How? Yeah, I do. I, I love everything salty, so I love Vegemite. And so to have Vegemite chocolate, and chocolate's my favourite thing on the planet. Yeah. So really, that's why I feel my favourite love. And it's just awesome. I wish they stocked more of it. And I don't mind that no one else eats it because then I get the whole block. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've had a bit of it and it's just like, you get like the sweetness and then it's very salty. It's like, I don't know. I love Vegemite and chocolate, but I'm not so sure about Vegemite chocolate. I feel like that's some of the things you don't tamper with. But obviously you like it, so... I love it. I wish I had more of it. Well, if there's any ever any in the supermarket, I will leave it for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Very sweet. Now, I'm a Richmond fan. Is, is it too early to mm. rub it in? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I actually missed the uh, last part of the grand final through a friend's wedding and I wasn't mad about it. Um, no. Yeah, so obviously I had pretty high hopes going into that grand final. I'm a massive Crow supporter. I love them to death and I just really had my hopes pinned on the premiership and, yeah, unfortunately, you know, Richmond outplayed us that game. But next year, that yeah. big boy leading, Tex Walker, you know, we can do anything. Yeah, you've got a very good team. I, I didn't have my hopes that high going into the day, to be honest, but it's always nice to be surprised. Now, yeah, it's not a bad surprise either. No, it's not. Now, back to the Ashes. Uh, talk us through, like, what you've learnt from in the first two games from England. Um, well, we've learnt that they're kind of the same team that, you know, we played in the World Cup. Um, the round game that we had against them, they, they tipped us at the end there and it was a really good match. But, you know, we do... We play England a lot and we know their opposition pretty well. So, doing the analysis, we really tried to come up with some clear plans and you know we've been executing them quite well I think and they got a variety of different batters so um, from a bowling perspective you know I've just tried to add subtle variations to their batters and yeah so far it's coming off okay. Yeah it's been a very good series um, for you guys at least 2-0 up. Uh, what's going to happen on Sunday is there anything we can know? No, no, not really. Not to my knowledge, actually. I'm, I'm not good with that stuff. But, you know, it's going to be, I think, a pretty similar deck to what it was uh, yesterday. So hopefully it plays the same way. And I wouldn't mind them sending us into bat for us again. I think that was a bit of a mistake on their behalf. But, um, you know, I think they played for a bit of the weather and eventually did here, but it didn't really affect the game too much. No. Uh, and also about the tests. So you guys don't get to play tests often. So do you think you should be playing more tests on the women's circuit? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I'd love Test cricket. I think Test is best. I'm, I'm traditional like that. But um, I guess because they don't come around so often, it makes it even more special. So to do that a part of an Ashes series is awesome. But I would, I would love to start playing some Test cricket against other nations. And are you a fan of the um, point system for the Ashes? I love it. I think I think our way is the best way. I'm obviously a bit biased, but... Um, to play all three different formats. Um, I think that just shows the versatility of a team and to be able to come out and try and produce your best kind of game in, in every different situation, I think is awesome. And I'd love to see the men follow suit. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't actually convinced at first, but as I've seen it uh, progress, I actually really like it as well and would like to see it in the men's because it's, it's the best team that wins in the end. Yeah, exactly. And I just think, you know, a lot of people obviously don't like it because they love tradition and don't like change, which naturally we don't like change as humans. But, um, yeah, I think it's really exciting and you get to see all three forms of cricket. Now, the women's Ashes trophy is much larger than the men's ones. Is that is that just because it's more important? <laughs> I, would, I would love to say yes. Um, but our, our trophy is actually, well, the, the ball is actually the same as the men's with it has the Ashes inside of that, and we just put it in the, the biggest kind of tri-stumps um, as kind of a, a look sort of thing. So our actual the trophy itself is actually quite small, but what it goes into makes the trophy larger. So it's probably similar size to the men. Now, I've got to be upset about something now. There is no Ashes games in Melbourne for the women. <laughs> There's none in Adelaide either, so, yeah, my parents are pretty upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's I'm nice, sh- though, to become in a regional town. Yeah, that is good as well, but it would be nice to see how many you could fit in even, say, the MCG or at Junction Oval maybe, or in yeah. Adelaide as well. I don't know. Yeah, Can you have a I word? Yeah, was best ground in the world. Um, yep. It's obviously a little bit biased, but um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I prefer, you know, being at a ground like Coffs Harbour and stuff and having a couple thousand in it and it feels like 10,000 than being in the MCG where, you know, 5,000 feels like 200. Um, you know, playing in front of a stadium like that that's completely empty just has a bad feel to it. And the MCG is, don't get me wrong, the best place to be when there's 90,000 people there, but... Um, you know, for our numbers, obviously a little bit less, and sort of becoming a you know Brisbane the other day was awesome to have you know twenty five hundred people there. That that felt like five ten thousand. So yeah, that's where it really comes up really well. Yeah, hopefully they fill the ground on Sunday with it being a weekend because uh, I know it wasn't as full yesterday, but that's just because it's a weekday, unfortunately. Yeah, and the weather wouldn't have uh, enticed anyone to come either. But yeah, hopefully it's a sellout come Sunday. Yeah, I haven't actually looked at the weather for Sunday, but yeah, ho- well, we can hope that it's the best weather possible, I guess, for cricket. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you for um, coming on. It's been a great privilege to um, interview you. I wish you all the best with the rest of the series, whether you're in the tests, um, you're going to be in this Sunday. Obviously, you're bowling very well at the moment. And yeah, we hope you keep bowling as well as you do. And go the Aussies. <laughs> Thanks too. Thanks for thanks for thanks for the chat. Yeah, thanks to Megan again. This is actually the fourth time this episode I've thanked her, but I don't think I've thanked her enough because <laughs> it's it's so cool being she, able to. She did that interview with us in the middle of an Ashes series. Let's yeah. just let's just make that clear. She's in the middle of an Ashes series, right? She's playing against England, doing all this professional cricket stuff, and she had time to talk to us. Us. Us, who had, didn't have a radio show five weeks ago. But we're still, like, an unimportant radio show, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. Let's just make that clear. Yeah, and neither is she. <laughs> like, it made no sense, but, like, thank you so much to yeah. her. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, you, you did a great job with the interview. Well done to you. Yeah, it's not easy doing it. By yourself, but you know, when I don't have your annoying face on the other <laughs> side, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, um, we've had a pretty good show this week. Uh, pretty good story time. I sold you out once, and you managed to come up with some pretty solid answers to my Coffs Harbour trivia. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I wasn't given any warning of that. So, uh, yeah, no end segment this week. We've run a bit long, so we'll have something for you next week. Maybe even something new. Maybe. No, unlikely though. Un- un- unlikely. Highly unlikely. You're probably just going to get a large dose of. 
unoriginal content. <laughs> That's us for this week. You can find us on Facebook, on iTunes, and on Omni to find the podcast, which will be uploaded over the next few days. My name's Alex Henry. I'm Chuck. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>